So you like movies? Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. Better. Stronger. Faster. This is Remade in America, a podcast exploring the what, how, and why of foreign movies being remade here in God's land, America. With your hosts, Greg and Vargas. Get to it, boys! Hey everyone, and welcome back to Remade in America, your favorite show about your least favorite movies. I'm Greg Lichtai, and with me as always is Andy Vargas. Hey everybody, Andy, how are you doing? How are you? Well, yes, everyone, how are you doing listening? Yeah. More importantly, Andy, how are you doing? I'm, Dude, I'm feeling old. I moved like literally two tons of drywall yesterday. All by yourself? No, I was, I was helping a buddy, okay. so there were two of us, so I guess I really only moved uh, one time. <laughs> yeah, so quit bitching. Yeah, sorry. You're fine. Never mind. So you were telling me that this is like one of the only parts of uh, construction and, and that kind of job aspect that there's no technology advancement in it. It's just brute force and gumption. Yeah. So I've been helping this guy redo his basement for the last two or three months now. And for every job that we've had in this basement, you know, we were framing walls, we were doing whatever, you know. There's a there's a nail gun. We don't have to use a hammer, right? right? There's a whatever a, a saw that has a battery. Yeah, so we don't have to use a you know a wired saw exactly. And this was like the first time we've come across a thing that's like, nope, you just have to pick it up and carry right. It. <laughs> well, and you would you would imagine drywall has been around for I would say probably a century. Yeah, can Easily. they make it lighter? So that's a funny story too. He was telling me that he got the ultralight drywall, which means that instead of weighing 55 pounds a sheet, it weighs 47 pounds a sheet. Wow. The weight difference is almost negligible. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, drywall gods, for delivering unto us. That is so strange. I mean, drywall really should be one of the lightest materials we use. As much as as you need to make buildings nowadays, just make it lighter. I know. We have insulated foam to keep things nice and dry. Yeah. We have, you know, way better insulation and wood products now. Drywall doesn't need to be like concrete. I know. Like but so that's thick. exactly what it is. It is. Yeah. It's 100% is. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Yeah. So I feel old today because I'm. Your bones are creaking. Yeah, I'm physically worn out. <laughs> my soul has left my body, and it is with the other pieces of drywall in the basement. Yeah, exactly. So we have an empty husk of an Andy with us today. Um, two points of news before we get into the episode. Uh-huh. One, your show, Debates on Tap, uh-huh. recently did an episode that directly affected our show, Remade in America. Yeah. Why don't you describe that? Uh, so I, I'm all about corporate synergy mm-hmm. here on my podcast. Integration. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, yeah, we did our, our format, for those of you who don't know, is we, we take, uh, you know, popular bar topics, mm-hmm. right? So I pitched basically this episode as a topic for Debates on Tap and said, which foreign movie has the best American remake? Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian Lay, one of our hosts, gave me uh, The Birdcage. Yes, which, which I, think, I was very excited about. I love the American remake of Birdcage. Yeah, and... I still haven't watched the original. I haven't either. I'm excited to check it out. It's on Prime, though. Is it really? Yeah, it just... Oh, like, that's like good news for us. just put it on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that would be a really good mm-hmm. uh, movie for us to do. Um, and then Brendan, our other host, he gave me um, Infernal Affairs, which is the original of The Departed. Oh, you said it wrong. The Departed. The Sorry. Departed. <laughs> the Departed. You fucking donkey. <laughs> Are you a cop? Are you a rat? <laughs> you dirty rat. You dirty rat. <laughs> and yeah. which one was the winner? Uh, I went with The Departed eventually. You got around to... Well, because Internal Affairs... Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's Infernal Affairs. Infernal, excuse me. Ooh, Infernal Affairs. There's fucking three of them. Yeah. And it's, all of them got cooked into one pot, and we got The Departed. The Departed, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that that's like the better... Of the two, you know, like the American remake of The Departed, sure, is like way better than Oh, it's Infernal a of cinema. I mean, yeah, Scorsese, yeah, did it right, baby. Yeah, he did. And there's a lot more um, nuances and subtlety and like small yeah. filmmaking decisions that are really fun to talk about. I love the Birdcage, 
And yeah. I love Robin Williams, even though I disagree with a lot of what Brian was saying about Robin Williams. <laughs> it, even though, not because he was wrong, just because I fanboy over Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I'm excited to cover eventually the Departed. I yeah. think that'll probably be the next episode. It okay. has to be. Well, if you say so, the I got my hands up. The Departed it is. I'm not a cop. You're a dirty rat. I swear. We have okay. That's going to be like the entire accent during that whole fucking episode. By the way, Andy, how the fuck are you, bud? Oh, I'm so fucking good. I'm wicked good. Yeah, you look good. You look good. Let's get into this fucking movie. All right, uh, cops. What are you gonna say? <laughs> we gotta go to Duncan before we go. Oh, get some coffee. Okay, so we'll save that for that episode. I didn't know Dunkin' Donuts was such a huge part of the East Coast. Oh, big time, bro. Like. Yeah. Quick trip for us is Duncan for them. <laughs> that is the most Midwest thing I've heard in a very long time, but you're correct. Uh, so we'll get into that uh, on the Departed episode. Uh, the second point uh, of news we got to get to um, on this show, Andy and I drink a can of hams oh. while we record, and it's kind of a tradition. Yeah. Well, we got some pretty. Uh, devastating news that Hams, uh, the Molson Brewing Company, is going to put Hams in a bit of a hibernation state because it's competing with too many of the lower tier, their words, not ours, <laughs> yeah. lower tier beers on the market. Which is horseshit. It is horseshit. Hams is a way above your Pabst or your Keystone Light or whatever you choose. The, the only time you should put Hams on ice is when it's in your cooler. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if I see anyone drinking a beer with ice cubes in it, I may melt. Yeah. Because my brain can't handle yeah. it. But don't don't shelve the brand. Don't shelve it. In fact, double down on it. I want to see Ham's seltzers. I want to oh. see Ham's uh, margarita mix. You know what? I want to see Ham's compete with Michelob Ultra. Give me a, give me a Ham's Ultra. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a cub. Yeah. Yeah. There it's, it is. It's smaller than a regular bear, <laughs> but still great taste. Yeah. It's got the... The power of the bear in it. <laughs> the power of the bear. So uh, we'll see how that unfolds with the hams. Uh, I talked to someone in the industry, one of my friends who does beer delivery and distribution. He thinks it's maybe some kind of uh, weird marketing thing, but they've been selling hams like fire. So I think it'll blow over. If not, I have stocked up with hams like you would toilet paper and water for, oh, I don't know, maybe a pandemic. <laughs> So we're good for the next 80 years on hams. Perfect. <laughs> um, let's get into what we're doing today. Yeah. We are going to be covering two movies. Duh. Yep. Open Your Eyes uh-huh. and the American remake, Vanilla Sky. Yep. Open Your Eyes came out in 1997. Vanilla Sky, 2001. A small window. Yeah. To get remade. Yep. Um, a measly four years. Yeah. I don't think Bangkok dangerous had that short amount of time yeah it was a little bit long i think it was like five or six years for bangkok dangerous yeah um i i was not able maybe you were Mm -hmm. at least the the wikipedia articles i read i couldn't find whether open your eyes was like a studio darling or uh it did get some awards in the foreign market right but i didn't see any like Sundance, you know, it premiered here no. and it got like a claim. No, and I think what happened was this was purely fueled by Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise okay. saw this and he was like, I'm going to own the rights to this. And there was this little bit of uh, trivia that I found online that during the end credits of Open Your Eyes, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise was on his phone buying the rights to the movie. Oh, he really? was that <laughs> impressed and that dedicated to. Uh, do this movie okay. for the American audiences. Okay. Starring himself. Right. Producing. <laughs> Producing. He didn't write it, thank God. Oh, God. No, I think the... Well, we'll get into that. Yeah. But, so yeah, we have um, Open Your Eyes and Vanilla Sky. Mm-hmm. I have graciously taken Vanilla Sky off of your plate. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. And you will be diving into Open Your Eyes. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Open your eyes. 1997 movie. Oh, before you open your eyes, let's oh. open our hams. Oh, yeah. Open your hams. This one's for the big bear in the sky. I'd watch that movie. Open your hams. Open your hams. Yeah. We can make it. Starring Greg and Vargas. Yeah. Just drinking. It's just a live stream of us drinking beer. Yeah. First scene, black screen. <laughs> Go on. All you hear 
Open your hams. Open your hams. Open your hams. I don't know how to say it in Spanish. <laughs> I, I don't either. It would be, be like, open your... It would be hams, because hams is a mm. product. Yeah. Which, it's always... I always like those scenes where, like, it's a foreign film when they're speaking their foreign language, and then mm. they come across a very American word. And they just say or it. Or American name, like, Walt Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just go right back into it. And you're yeah. like, oh, I knew a word. Oh, my God, do I know Spanish? <laughs> You're getting there. You're Coca-Cola. halfway there. Perfect. Yeah. Am I am I sitting next to a Spaniard? Oh, oh my. <laughs> Hello, good friend. Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Walt Disney. <laughs> I'm from Spain. Oh, I, I would believe it. <laughs> uh, speaking of Spain, mm-hmm. this transition into Open Your Eyes takes, it takes place in Madrid. Smooth. So good, right? Yep. It's better when you call attention to it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so 1997 movie mm-hmm. um, starring Noriega was his last name. I remember that. Yes. Because of the drug lord. Yes. Um, and that's how you commonly remember people. Correct. If they're based off a drug lord, it's locked it's, in there tight. It's right in there. Um, so the guy, uh, Caesar, is the character's name. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a... I, I would say he's a trust fund kid, but he's more of just a handsome guy. Really handsome guy. Yeah, he like owns hotels, right? Or he runs hotels. It well, never really got into it. Yeah, he said his his father was owned restaurants. I remember mm-hmm. that specifically. But he tells a character in the movie that he's in the hospitality industry. So he's he's some kind of a... It's I'll, ambiguous. Yeah, I'll say he's a business owner. He doesn't live as lavishly as Tom Cruise's character does. Correct, because he's a relatable character. Mm, and uh, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> so he is he is a handsome Spaniard mm-hmm. in Madrid. Um and he's kind of he's living, I'll call it a playboy lifestyle. He, you know, It's a definite playboy lifestyle. Different woman every night. He doesn't, you know, doesn't know their names and he's a very and he doesn't need to, goddammit. it. Need to. Uh but he drives around a Volkswagen Bug. And it's funny because it's to not show off his wealth. Yeah, that's how he. That's how he humbles himself by driving a German Volkswagen Beagle. Right, Be- Beetle, a Beagle, <laughs> a Volkswagen Beagle. I'd drive that car. Uh, okay, yeah. So the movie opens, mm-hmm. and the first whatever thirty minutes or so are just him kind of living his life, mm-hmm. and you meet his. I'll say ex lover because they're not dating. Yeah, they're more of like friends with benefits kind of yeah they run in the same circles they are both attractive people yeah they, so they have sex naturally they, correct they have done each other mm-hmm. uh on multiple occasions uh-huh. again i gather yep um but the woman nadia yes is that her name mm-hmm. um she is like far more into uh caesar yeah than he is into her like to a, a possessive yeah uh degree like she's very she's very attached to cesar and he's just like he he, what does he want to do he just wants to fuck around and eat and correct hang out yeah yeah that's one of the like opening lines of the movie is um he he says that he likes to bang and eat and sleep right yes like the three things he says he likes to do the three staples of manhood yeah sleep eat and fuck So yeah, so that kind of personifies his character, right? Mm-hmm. He's not he's not a really um, well rounded dude. No, very uh, selfish. Yeah, very selfish. Um, so he's he's got this buddy also. I don't remember the dude's name because it was super weird. Like Payejo, Payeja. Yeah, yeah, you're, well, no, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. but that's his like his buddy that is writing a book. Yeah. Yep. Um, so he plays racquetball with him, and he's kind of the. Uh, the grounding force for Caesar. He's mm-hmm. he's like more of an everyman. Yeah. And Caesar is more of a handsome kind of privileged guy. Yeah. He's like his dumpy best friend. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he makes it known that he knows he's the dumpy best friend. Yep. He sure does. <laughs> uh. So, uh, you know, after this movie, he he's go he or after the intro where you kind of get to know him, um, he has a birthday party. And at this birthday party, Paella, that's not his name, Paejo, whatever mm-hmm. it is, brings uh, a, a woman to the party, Sophia, that he happened to meet in a bookstore, I think, um, which played by Penelope Cruz, who is also in Vanilla Sky playing the same character. Playing the same character. Which I leads me to my fan theory that I'm going to get to at the end. Ooh, yeah, okay. I'm going headcanon. Hell yes. But 
so Penelope Cruz comes to this party. They kind of hit it off, mm-hmm. Caesar and and Sophia, and she is like kind of less into him than he is into her. Yes, I, I gathered. No, totally. He's like taking the stance of just like um, I'm this rich young man, and I tend to get what I want anyway. Yeah. So I'm gonna lead with that energy, and she's very much not that. Yeah, kind she's of person. not feeling it. No, and she's I not. Mean, she's not wealthy either. Right. She's. She's well. She's not poor, but she's like making her own. She's working her own jobs. Yeah, she's like an up and coming actress, is what she tells him. Yes, and then you kind of find out later in the movie that she's like one of those street mimes, an up and coming mime, an up and coming <laughs> mime. Yep, waiting for her big break, which uh, it was probably Penelope Cruz's life while she was making this movie, right? <laughs> yeah, because I think after this, she got some pretty important roles. Well, she got to act across Tom Cruise four years later. Mm-hmm. So, which. I learned some things about that. Oh, uh, I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Okay. Go on. Okay. Uh, so she he meets Sophia. They kind of hit it off. Um, after he spends a sexless night with Sophia, he, he, you know they disgraceful. Ha- they hang out all night. Yeah. They don't do it. They they kiss. I think they do. Well, right. They kiss when he leaves because yeah. she goes, "I have a secret for you." And then she kisses him, yeah. which is very cute. Very cute. A very cute thing to do when two people who are clearly into one another. Yeah say goodbye and they're still just kind of trying to figure it out and they don't like they don't have sex because out of respect for his best friend yeah because she's like she, he's gonna be mad and then he does like the shithead thing of just like i won't tell him and it's just yeah. like that's not how you treat your yeah, best friend yeah he tries to like pull the dude thing where he's like oh he wouldn't care he would do the same thing he'd do the same thing i doubt he would <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you suck as a friend correct um so yeah, they they have a little a little smooch, mm-hmm. um, and Caesar leaves, and he meets. Well, he finds Naria in the street, and she has basically just been stalking there all them. night. Yeah, waiting for him to come out. Yeah, um, and he's like, "That's creepy," but she's like, "Maybe we go back to my place," and he's like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to turn down sex, <laughs> right?" Because <laughs> he's been blue balled by yeah. Sophia all night, <laughs> the girl he supposedly loves. Yeah, right. What a dick. Yeah. Uh, so she, yeah, he gets in the car with Naria, and she like slowly starts to lose it in the car. Mm-hmm. She takes a bunch of pills, um, and she asks him, you know, eventually, like, well, she's like, "We're we're more than friends, right?" And yeah. He's like, "Not really," and she's like, "You don't even know my last name," and he's like, "But we're going to your place, haha." Yeah. And then she asks him if he believes in God, and he's like, "What?" Red flag. Yep. And then she immediately crashes the car. Like, not just crashes the car. Like, off of a hillside yeah. into a into cement a embankment. Wall. Yeah. Like, she commits suicide yeah. with him in the car. Correct. So, yeah. it's just like, she... It was such an unnerving scene because as soon as you see the line of questioning happening, you're like, oh, this is going downhill very bad. Like, it's not just a typical fight that they're going to have. Like, she knew from the moment he got in the car that... Oh, what, she, she, what she was going to do. Yeah, she had a plan. Yeah. For sure. And so when she asked that question, I was like, do you believe in God? Like, if you are ever in a car or alone <laughs> with someone and they ask you, do you believe in God? Especially if they've just hit the accelerator like she did. Leave. <laughs> yeah. Tuck and roll. Roll out of the car. I don't care how fast you're going. You have a higher probability of surviving yep. rolling out of the car than what is uh, planned for you. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a very, that was a very intense scene. Yeah. Um. So she crashes the car. Uh, you kind of wake up with Caesar later, mm-hmm. finding out that Naria is dead. She successfully killed herself. Yeah. But that he has been uh, disfigured, yeah. we'll, we'll say. Yes. His, his face is all tore up. Yes. From the floor up. Yes. And the practical effects they did for, I would say, both movies on the disfiguration of the characters. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. They very, looked, be- very believable. They looked very good in both movies. I'll say this. I wish they would have tore up Tom Cruise a little bit more. Yes, I agree. Because Caesar's disfigurement in the movie is like significantly more drastic. He's almost than, unrecognizable as the same actor. Yeah, exactly. It's that dramatic. And he's he's got a whole bunch of like cut scars from the like reconstructive surgery and his, you know. Yeah. Whatever. It's It's... It's not jarring to look at, but mm-hmm. like if you saw somebody like that on the street, you would be like, "Damn, that sucks." It's almost like what um, Jason looks like under his mask. Yeah, 
it's like just that kind of disfigurement and right. it's just like it really hits home with just like how the character who is very much about his vanity yeah is like handling being this disfigured right um and we'll talk about the opposite side of that coin with tom cruise when when we get to me when you're up um yeah so he wakes up and he's got all these you know his his face is all messed up and that's been like his crutch that he leans on Mm -hmm. throughout his whole life yes i'm a handsome dude and i do handsome dude stuff yeah on Uh, the reg on the reg hot boy summer is caesar's life (laughs) uh so he deals with that i'll say that's that's like the rest of the movie mm-hmm. is him dealing with his disfigurement. Yeah. Um. I I guess I'll say now that interspersed throughout this whole story has been scenes of Caesar wearing some kind of Michael Myers mask. Yes. <laughs> while talking to a psychologist mm-hmm. in a prison. Yes. And you've found out that at some point he murdered someone. someone. Um. So that's you see that as kind of like a flash forward. Yes. Right? Yes. Um so back in I'll call it the present, he is is dealing with his disfigurement for the first time. Um he eventually sees um Pallejo and whatever his friend's name and Sophia mm-hmm. and they make plans to go out like for the first time. Yeah. Because he's been like holed up in his apartment afraid to leave right and trying to trying to yelling at doctors trying to get his face like back to some kind of resemblance of, of normalcy yeah um so they he he said he we're gonna go out um he goes out wearing his michael myers mask mm-hmm. which is creepy as shit is almost as bad as going out as oh, disfigured as he is it's way worse it almost yeah. is like it, it 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 puts the veil on him of just like oh you're a fucking serial killer yeah like, exactly. No rational human would do this. And that's what his buddy tells him. Yeah. In probably probably my favorite scene in the movie cuz he meets up with Sophia and his buddy and they're like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" And he's like, "I have to wear this mask cuz the doctor said I'll get infected." And Sophia's like, "I got to pee." And yeah. then as soon as she walks away, his buddy's like, "Get the fucking yeah. mask off your face. You're like, freaking everybody out." You're freaking everybody <laughs> out. <laughs> So they get into a little, a little tussle, yeah. him and his buddy, and he walks over to the bar and orders a drink from the bartender. Um, and the bartender doesn't want to look at his weird, messed his up face, face, which makes him grumpy. Uh-huh. He downs this jack, rum and coke, whatever it was, mm-hmm. goes back, bartender gives him a free drink, which both of those interactions with the bartender kind of drive home to him that like nobody wants to look at him and they feel bad for him. Which makes him feel even shittier right. than he already did. Right. So he gets blackout drunk. He gets super drunk in the bar. Yep. Um, his buddy gets pissed. Sophia's like rejecting him because he's kind of being like an asshole. He's being like really unnerving. Yeah. Like because he's not only l- ridiculously drunk at this point. Right. But now he's trying to make everyone simultaneously feel better about the situation and worse about the situation yeah like he's making uncomfortable jokes about his own disfigurements yeah so everybody around him is like clearly you're not comfortable with this and neither are we yeah could you be (laughs) drinking on this medication like Cesar, you are not good right now dude yeah um so they the three of them walk home and sophia walks off by herself and the two gentlemen continue walking, mm-hmm. and the buddy's like, "Oh, I forgot my bike. I gotta go. I gotta go get my bike." And David perceives that as he's gonna go meet up with Sophia. Yeah, Caesar. We're Sa- David's my film. David is. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, Caesar walks home by himself. Basically, his buddy takes off, yeah. and Caesar says he pictures in his head that the two of them are gonna go bang. Right. Which they're they're leaving him because they don't want to be with him anymore and just hook up with one another. Yeah, Which, Cesar has this point where he's just like, can you not leave? Because, like, I'm not good right now. Right. And I need my best friend. And the best friend's like, you just go to sleep. Yeah. You've had too much, just go to sleep. And that was the point where I'm just like, ugh. Like, the best friend kind of needs to, like, 
maybe just hang out with them. I know yeah. he's like, I know he's pushing people away. Caesar is, but it's just like, as a friend, you have to realize kind of why he is. And like, he's kind of having a bad night. Yeah. So when the friend was just like, deuces, I was like, that sucks. Yeah. Like, I can, I kind of sympathized with that character at that point. A little bit. Yeah. But it, it also is like exactly what Caesar was doing to him no, yeah. earlier in the movie. Yep. So like, yeah, it was it was definitely like a double edged sword, right? Like I felt bad for him, but at the same time, it's like you were just yeah. you, did you the made same this, shitty. You thing. made this bed. Yeah, you exactly. Have to sleep in it. Now they're gonna sleep in it. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. So Caesar passes out drunk in the street completely, which I have been blackout drunk in public before. Yeah, a couple times. Never in my life have I said, "Oh, this looks like a comfy curb. I'll just take a nap." Well, that's because your face isn't as fucked up as his was. <laughs> I don't know. I was back in college, and I was not pretty back then. But, like, is that common? Do people just do that? I've never been to Spain. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, in America. Here in America, we don't have the luxury. We have the freedom <laughs> to sleep in our own homes. We'll break into a car first, if anything. Sleep underneath the cop car. Yeah, they can't arrest you, you then. Yeah. They can't get you for drunk driving if you're asleep under your car. <laughs> Fools. <laughs> Call that a legal loophole, courtesy yep. of Remade America. <laughs> Use that your next day to court. Uh, so he wakes up. He's woken up by Sophia, mm -hmm. who is like, oh, I'm sorry that I was mean to you last night. And they smooch. And then they kind of have like a first date day yeah. where they like giggle and hold hands and skip in the sunlight and all that kind of stuff. Um, even though his face is all messed up. Because who could love a disfigured giant? Who, who could love the Quasimodo but the Esmeralda? That's why the hunchback is in that tower! That's right. Uh, so the, as as the movie progresses, he he find, the doctors come to him and they're like, Oh, we fixed your face! We can fix it now! So Yeah, we found the miracle cure. There it is! And now his face is fixed and he's got the girl. And that's when things start really like unravel mm -hmm. um there's a kind of a switching point in the movie where he wakes up in the middle of the night after a weird dream and he comes back to bed and sophia has now turned into naria mm -hmm. the girl who supposedly killed, killed herself. herself um so he's freaking out because his stalker's in his bed with him right. she's calling herself sophia saying I'm, I'm Sophia. I'm Sophia. I don't know who this Naria girl is. I'm not dead, obviously. I'm alive. His first reaction is to slap the shit out of her. Like, full on like she's an intruder. He busts her nose. Yeah. Ties her to the bed. Yep. Like a phone cord or something. It, uh, it was a clothesline from his shower. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even worse. It's just like, yeah. I would... Because I remember that because my first reaction was like, that's some serial killer shit. Nobody thinks about that in the heat of the moment. Yeah. Unless you're a serial killer. Yep. <laughs> Which is why he looks so comfortable in that mask. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's like my second skin. Oh, finally. <laughs> that's the real me. It puts the mask on his skin or else he gets the hose again. <laughs> I am whole. <laughs> Would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck you. You know what? I made that comment when we were when Caitlin and I were watching the movies. I was just like, "This is some Buffalo Bill shit of just like Silence of the Lambs, cut someone else's face off and just put it onto yours." Yeah, exactly. It was, it was wild. It was really weird. Um, so he slaps shit out of Naria slash Sophia. There's a scene at the police station where the police reiterate. This is Sophia. Yep. We don't know who Naria is. All of her documentation is in order. Go see a psychiatrist. Go see a psychiatrist. You're a crazy guy. Yeah. His buddy comes to the police station and he's like, what did you do? Why are you doing this? You're an insane person. Reiterates that this was in fact Sophia. Yep. The woman I introduced you to. The, yeah. You don't hit women. You don't hit women. Hard, good good hard, lessons. Hard stance. Don't hit women. Yeah. We'll die on that hill. <laughs> uh, okay. So he keeps losing it, right? He keeps progressively, progressively yeah, yeah. losing it. Um, the movie kind of culminates where the scenes with the psychiatrist and the present mm -hmm. kind of merge. Yeah. So he 
goes back home, eventually sees Sophia again in his his place or her place. They so he goes to her place, her place. to figure out what's happening. What's happening? Because at this point he's thinking there's some kind of conspiracy going on. Right. He's certain that this is not the right Sophia and all the pictures have in been, her place in her place yeah. have been like changed to the different woman now to Naria, yeah. so he's like losing it and like tearing up her place and she busts a glass or a plate over his head yeah and they reconcile at that point and then she turns back into Sophia right and then they have sex and then she turns back into she Naria tur- yeah she tur- yeah so while he and Sophia are porkin yeah in coitus in coitus she turns into naria the stalker girl yeah mid coitus yeah so he Which, who hasn't been there i know right <laughs> crazy times in there. uh so he kills her mid coitus yeah suffocates her with a pillow yep he is subsequently arrested and you find out that the psychiatrist scenes have been after that yes so the the because he's like clouded it from his memory right he he doesn't remember that he's killed anybody yeah so the psychiatrist is talking to him he's like this is real this isn't a dream david's like oh this this is a nightmare i mean a waking nightmare whatever kind of this is where the movie gets kind of weird like the steps of the movie yeah get a little strange and i kind of forget the order that stuff happens in but Day, uh, Caesar remembers that there's this commercial that's been playing kind of throughout the movie on various TVs yeah. of this like cryonics mm-hmm. infomercial interview about cryonics. Yes, yeah, both. And he's seen this doctor on TV like kind of in his life mm-hmm. that he's been whatever. So he calls a psychiatrist he's like i think i know what's going on they go on a 1997 computer dial up internet (laughs) (laughs) yep and they aol search they go to ask jeeves yes cryogenics i murdered someone enter (laughs) what happens (laughs) uh and they find out that there's this company that elongates people's lives because one of the things that he remembers from this crazy dream that he's been having is the name Ellie Mm -hmm. and turns out that Ellie is actually L E yes for life elongation or something whatever the life extender we'll we'll say that it's an enter it's an anagram yeah uh or an abbreviation whatever um so he they go to this company that has a branch in Madrid and he sees the secretary from this dream that he's been continually having. Talks to the, whatever, salesperson of this company. He remembers all this stuff. They show him this contract. And it's this contract for when, whenever you die, they freeze your body. Mm-hmm. And then place you in, like, a coma. But you're dead. They Well, I think they just place you in a it's like a vr or something it's a cryo chamber and they it's like a negative 103 degrees celsius right and then they have this plan which in the vanilla sky version it's called like vivid lucid dreaming yeah and so basically they erased the moment you died they yeah. like they like stitch it in to where your lucid dream continues yeah so that the whole idea is that you can you can live your perfect life while, yes. whilst you are frozen. Yeah. And I think the intention of this is that whatever ailment or cause of death you had or whatever can be fixed in the future mm-hmm. so that you can be defrozen and then eventually live your life. Yeah. So turns out all along, that's what Caesar did in his IRL life. He saw this infomercial and went to this company, signed the contract, and then immediately killed himself. Mm -hmm. So that he was put in the cryotube stasis chamber, Mr. Freeze casket, and he's been living this lucid dream. Ice to meet you. Ice to meet you, Caesar. (laughs) Uh, He's been living this lucid dream since that night that he passed out in the street. Yes, that was the pivotal point. That's the moment. Um, and everything that's happened after that has been this dream mm-hmm. that he's been in. 
So a dream that slowly turned into a nightmare. Yeah, right. Because there's a glitch. That was that's my problem with like most both of these movies is yeah. there wasn't like a point where like something weird happens and you're like, "Oh, that's weird. What did Caesar do differently or whatever that like made this thing freak out?" It just kind of happens to him. I I rationalized it of just like old technology not keeping up with new technology because we, we find out that he's been cryo frozen for like 150, 150 years 150 years yeah. so there's i mean and there probably is problems that will happen when you are frozen and you're living this like digital matrix style yeah virtual life so like i gave it the leniency of just like eh shit happens something happened yeah and yeah. like the subconscious i think probably would take over at some point of just like it's just a quick little malfunction and this is like hey that one girl you fucked is now this girl the <laughs> other girl right I'm your brain yeah so the not the climax the end of the movie uh-huh. I mean kind of the climax but he's on the yeah sh- the end and the climax were so close to one pretty another pretty much the same thing yeah um, I'll, so in open your eyes specifically he, he reads his contract and he freaks out he, mm-hmm. he he loses his goddamn mind and he runs out of this building he grabs a gun from a cop yeah and shoots the cop dead yes which is very striking very striking and uh, the whole time he's doing it he's like this is a dream this is a dream this isn't real yeah um so after he shoots the cop dead other cops come out of the building and end up shooting his psychiatrist who's mm-hmm. telling them no don't shoot him he's you he's know, not well he's not well um so both of them wake up not dead mm-hmm. and they're talking to the doctor guy that we've been seeing yes and he lays out all of what we've just said mm-hmm. that this has been a dream here's when you started the dream mm-hmm. because you entered the cryostasis he explains this whole thing all the while the psychiatrist is like this guy's full of horseshit right it's it, this is real i'm real i'm a person i have a wife i have two daughters I have a wife i have two which, daughters which that aspect of it you're just like oh that's creepy yeah that like this is just a figment of someone's imagination realizing that they're a figment of someone's yeah. imagination you're just like god how unnerving is this scene right now yeah it gets real uh uh Isaac Asimov, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. So the the ultimate end of the movie is the tech support. I'll call him the tech support guy. The doctor guy mm-hmm. says, "You have a choice right now. You can re-enter the matrix, basically, and, right. and we can reset it, and you can give it another go. You, you can be with Sophia or any girl you want. You can live your dream life here in Dreamland." Or you can wake up. And to wake up, you have to jump off this building and yeah. kill yourself in, in the dream. So that's what Caesar does. Mm-hmm. He jumps off the building onto the pavement, and the movie ends with the same way that it began, with yes. a black screen and a woman whispering, open your eyes. Yes. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. like the, the ending was kind of elegant and it left a lot for people to interpret on their own of what was happening and like I thought it was just really really well done and a great payoff to open your eyes yeah and so um that's why it made it so striking when Vanilla Sky happened you're just like what the fuck is happening yeah all right so Go over the big differences between. Okay, so so yeah, Vanilla Sky, two thousand one, starring Cruz's Tom and Penelope. Yes, <laughs> a funny thing I learned about this uh, movie, which there isn't very many funny things about this movie. Two thousand one was the year that Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise got divorced. Uh oh. During the filming of this movie. Uh oh. It was also the same year that Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruz started dating. Uh oh. So already <laughs> Hollywood hijinks. <laughs> oh, drama. Abound. Um, 
this movie, and I, I shit you not, I, I need the listener to just sit back in their chair and listen to me for one second. This movie is not a remake. It is a goddamn retooling. <laughs> yeah. It is word for word, verbatim, the same movie, yeah. except for the ending. Yep. And it is cheap. It is, there's, there's, there's no heart. There's no, like, character development. You don't, I, I didn't care about anyone in this film side Cameron Diaz yeah that's that was like the only thing Greg and I talked about before we started to record this (laughs) so Cameron Diaz was like the other woman in the film she was the Nara character yeah and she was compelling she was captivating she was she committed to the role it was insane how good she was like I I would say of the roles that I've seen Cameron Diaz in this was probably the best one yeah it was like give me like creepy like swim fan vibes of just like she was in love with David who was Tom Cruise's character like she didn't want anyone else to to have him but like at the same time so like what's different is like Tom Cruise in this movie in Vanilla Sky is like a trust fund kid he took over his dad's magazine yeah and he doesn't give a shit about anything he's not really running his company he's just blowing all this cash he lives in this luxury apartment he has all these amazing cars he's very vain he's very like obsessed about his appearance like in the beginning of the film it there's like this four minute scene of him checking his head for gray hairs and plucking yeah. gray hairs out like i don't know why they harped on that aspect so much with with Vanilla Sky. I don't either. But, I, you know, I'll say this. What's interesting to me is the two movies as, as artistic pieces uh-huh. mirror their main characters so hard. Yeah. Oh, right? yes. Like, yes, yes, yes. In Open Your Eyes, it's a far more... I mean, for the as much as it is a sci-fi movie because both of these are sci-fi fantasy movies yeah it is far more grounded and and you can you can relate to it Mm -hmm. a lot better Mm -hmm. whereas vanilla sky has still to this day one of the most expensive scenes ever filmed was that where they shut down times square they shut down times square yeah um so that tom cruise could tom cruise run through it for like 10 minutes that's way too long. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they shut down Times Square. Yeah. Just, they, they changed billboards. They yeah. made sure that the NASDAQ ticker wasn't yeah. a going so that, to, so that the film didn't feel dated. Right. Like, how pompous. That's And that's what I mean, right? Like, Tom Cruise's character in the movie mm-hmm. is this crazy movie where you feel that it's necessary to shut down Times Square yes. to do a shot. I mean, this is, this is the quintessential americanizing something yeah like the music was too much the extravagance was way too vibrant yeah the guest came i mean fucking steven spielberg was in the party scene dude for talk, no apparent reason talk about a waste of michael shannon yeah as oh like my god cop number one or whatever like, like and just a, <laughs> such a bit part and yeah. like every character from vanilla sky is a direct ripoff from open your eyes yeah like like how the psychiatrist looks from open your eyes into vanilla sky it's the same person yeah beard hairstyle clothing style it's like they didn't even try to make it their own they're just like let's just make this in english they literally took penelope cruz yeah the, out the, of the movie the most striking part of it <laughs> penelope cruz is just like do i even need to audition for this because right. i can just do it I, I remember my lines i can speak english yeah that's i mean that's kind of what it feels like they went to the, all the spanish actors and they were like hablo inglés and they were like no and penelope cruz was like see sí, i mean yes see <laughs> sí, i mean american yes <laughs> and they handed her a script yeah here you go honey i'm making you a star pop that shirt off yeah <laughs> we've already seen him let's do it again <laughs> And so I just it it and um I forget who his best friend is in the film. Oh, not Jason Schwartzman, but my name is Earl. Yeah, <laughs> was in there. Yeah, and he was like kind of okay with trying to be in the grounding unit. Like, yeah. in in this film in Vanilla Sky, Tom Cruise has hired him to write a book. Like he's funding his pro- his book project. Yeah, he's like the the 
Victorian era like Michelangelo the patron. Oh, gotcha. Right? Like, yes. Tom Cruise is the patron of his buddy and it's like write a book. Yeah. Write your mystery novel and yeah. I'll pay for it. Yeah. But and it's it, I don't know. And then so the main difference I guess from the end is Tom Cruise like they they've it's the same scene from where he he passes out in the street. That's where the the slices right for when his his lucid dream kicks in. And th- this was my first time watching Vanilla Sky, by Same. the way. And there, you could tell that that was the splice, not knowing that it was going to be cryogenics, because the sky was a vanilla sky. Oh, like, I get it. Like Monet's painting. Oh. And so, you're d- like watching it for the first time, you're like, what the fuck was this? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> and then it was all way too cheery of just like, what? whoa, hold on. Now she's really into him? Like, what the fuck is going on? And, like, the slow unravel is... Like, it's intriguing enough, but, like, Tom Cruise just goes too hard on the acting. Like, he's he's really overdoing it. And you're like, I... Like, I don't like anything that's happening right now with him. And it's such a stark contrast from what Open Your Eyes was, because they really did it well. Like, the build-up there was so subtle and great, and, like eerie and like you get that kind of weird sci-fi kick of it and you're like oh this is great but tom cruise is like they they really paint the picture for you yeah in in vanilla sky like there's no room for in for interpretation they're like here's what happens here's why it's happening yeah and so like the uh, tom cruise uh, in vanilla sky yells out for tech support yeah instead of i want to wake up yeah and like the little text guy like clippy pops up it looks like you're trying to wake up from a lucid dream can i help you with that (laughs) can i help you with that and so tom cruise then gets explained by clippy of just like yeah you're dead bro you're dead and frozen like you wanted uh you gave us some things to base your lucid dream off of which gregory peck from to kill a mockingbird yeah was supposed to be the psychiatrist yeah he was like the inspiration for kurt russell didn't need that right and like they did a a a, a scene uh, a cover grab from a Bob Dylan album from when him and Penelope Cruz were walking down the street. Yeah, which I did not recognize at all from the movie. Like supposedly it was a scene, right? I I did catch it in the scene when they did it, and then when they went back to it, I was like, oh, okay, I guess it is a Bob uh, Dylan cover. But okay. like those little details is like so American. Oh yeah, to call back to pop culture moments of american americana society yeah of the zeitgeist and you're just like ugh, like this feels kind of gross now yeah and like kind of um just indulgent yeah it yeah it felt like cameron crow the director mm-hmm. was like i really like gregory peck yeah so we're gonna throw him in this movie. i really like this bob dylan I really like this. look how cool i am with my bob dylan knowledge yeah <laughs> in my Radiohead song intro yeah <laughs> And like, and like, so Cameron Crowe has written and directed some incredible films. Yeah. Like, Almost Famous. Uh, he did Say Anything. Mm-hmm. Like, he's done amazing things. And Alejandro, who did Open Your Eyes, wrote and directed The Others with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And that is a fucking awesome crazy movie. good movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Others, go check it out. For sure. It's fantastic. Um, which, you know, that interaction between Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman... Whoa! Oh, little backstabbing. <laughs> um. So, so I guess the big thing from Vanilla Sky is is it's the same, except the ending is different. Yep. They explain it as, um, you know, he wakes up and you're very much aware, like he's awake. Right. He's in the future now, getting fixed and yeah. living his life. There is there is a scene of his eye opening. Yeah. Whereas, open your eyes ends with just the voiceover Mm -hmm. on a black screen yeah and then um it was so typical that in tom cruise's version when clippy tech support is explaining what happens after he was frozen yeah of just like uh yeah sophia like really loved you and she came to your funeral i was like super sad bro and like everyone loved you and like that just felt like some 
beta dude shit who was like incel just like no one loves me and they're like oh man turns out we all love you everybody loves you bro and like i was like that's not real handsome white guy who doesn't love you (laughs) everyone you are america man like it just felt like bullshit yeah like shoehorned in bullshit yeah and it made you you can tell somebody Mm -hmm. i don't know who somebody was like this needs a happy ending and that's exactly what it is. Like right. they wanted to tie a bow on it with a cherry on top of just like, see, he's gonna get his life back. Yeah. And with open your eyes, it's just like, I don't fucking know. Like life's real. He may not be good, you he gotta may move be bad. On. Like, yeah. Like, who knows? He never saw Sophia again, and we didn't either. And that I think that illustrates the difference between both movies. Like, Open Your Eyes had a lesson, and the lesson was like you can only control how you react to situations, mm-hmm. which I'll say it might be just my interpretation because that's my philosophy on life. Like yeah. you can't and shouldn't try to control how other people react in any situation. You can't. And it's kind of a moot point, mm-hmm. right? All you can do is take everything in stride and try and live your life to the, to the best, the best you can. Right. Yeah. So whether you got a fucked up face whether you've been frozen for 150 years, whether the girl loves you or not, you don't have really any input in that. Yep. All you can do is keep on moving. Just keep swimming. Just keep... Exactly right. But Vanilla Sky was yeah. like, If you get enough money, everybody likes you, actually. Yep. So everything will work out. Yeah, it was so flat and just uninspired. And pe- people love this movie. Yeah. People harrow it. Yeah. And I don't fucking get it. I don't either. I I it was a chore to get through. Not because it was two hours long. Yeah. But because it was just trite and like not fun to watch. Yeah. And I'll say this, at the risk of being inflammatory, it's very pre nine eleven. Oh, like everything's peaches and cream? Yeah. yeah. Right? Like sunshine and rainbows. You know what? I think this okay so this was filmed and it came out in September yeah and I think after September 11th they either some film board or whatever was just like can you digitally erase the World Trade Centers yeah it's like it's kind of making people sad and like Cameron Crowe was just like uh no I'm going to honor their loss in my (laughs) shitty Tom Cruise vehicle the two towers live in my creation yeah yeah no i don't i don't know but you're definitely right of just like pre-9-11 is definitely the america of just like we are untouchable like everything's grand we got money coming out the yahoo yeah nobody can touch us we're america bald eagles and machine guns (laughs) let's do this (laughs) um so that that was that was vanilla sky it was um you know yeah, definitely didn't need an American remake. Yeah, I mean that's that's the ultimate question of this podcast, right? Yeah, did the did Vanilla Sky need to exist? And the answer is definitely no. No, absolutely not. Absolutely, because not. the superior movie exists, and it's called Open Your Eyes. Exactly. It is. It is heartfelt. It is intriguing. It is the right amount of thriller and sci-fi. Yeah, where you're not just like completely confused. It it captivates you the whole way through. Yeah, and. I mean, I know you just listened to like an hour-long podcast that spoils the entire movie, but you really should watch Open Your Eyes. Like, mm-hmm. it's the better version of Vanilla yeah. Sky. Well, I mean, if you've seen Vanilla Sky, you already know what's going to happen in right. Open Your Eyes, theoretically. Right. But, uh, yeah, Open Your Eyes does yeah. it way better. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Yep. So you can watch it there. Um, the funny thing I want to talk about is... So, let's just get out, get out of the way. Penelope Cruz's bare breasts are in both films. <laughs> and they're beautiful. She has a beautiful body. Yeah. But in Tom Cruise's one, they make it a point to focus on a little mole oh, yeah. on her breast. I forgot about this. And that's how he knows in his crazy fever state when the pillow is over the person's head yeah he sees the little mole on her breast that he has killed his his, his sophia, sophia the one he loves the little mole wasn't in open your eyes yeah 
She needs to get that checked out. Oh, yeah. So if Penelope Cruz, if you're listening, Miss Cruz, please go get that mole checked out if it's still there. That could lead to some pretty dangerous things, especially if it's gotten bigger over the last 20 years. <laughs> it's like a third breast by now. <laughs> Vanilla Sky 2. Total Recall. <laughs> Which that could be if you if you script it right, that could be in the Total Recall universe. Well, okay. So speaking of, oh you, yeah, your head cannon, my head cannon. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Right? They say in Open Your Eyes that Life Extension is an American company. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Open Your Eyes has is the Madrid branch, right? Yes. Yes. My head cannon is that they erase whatever girl. Oh, and they put in the Penelope and they Cruz. Put in Penelope Cruz. That's fucking brilliant, dude. <laughs> I love that head cannon. Isn't that great? That's like really, really smart. Either that, or the more tragic version is, after Penelope Cruz lost her first love, Caesar, she moved from Madrid to America. Oh, no. And it happened all over she again. She goes, oh, God, it's happening <laughs> it's again. It's happening again. <laughs> what have I done? I can't fall in love. <laughs> um, so, when you were a kid, did you ever think you were going to get smothered by a pillow? Because it seems like a very popular thing to do, to like kill people who are like in the hospital oh, yeah. or maybe were once your lover and then transformed into another lover and you have to dispose of uh-huh, them. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'll say probably uh, you know, when I was a kid, um, I, I didn't spend a lot of time in a hospital. But <laughs> Same. But I can imagine myself as a kid laying in a hospital bed and like, you know, keeping one eye open yeah. as that nurse walks in. Another pillow? I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what? No pillows, please. Back up. Take this one. Go ahead and back up. Also, quicksand. I was always on the lookout for quicksand. That's a bigger deal in movies (laughs) than it is in real life. Hey, you want to go to the sandbox? No, I'm good. I I do not. I I value my life. No, thank you. Are there vines nearby? Yeah. That answers the question. (laughs) Any large logs I can maybe, (laughs) in like arm's length and reach? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I always saw like people getting snuffed out by pillows and I'm just like, is that real? Can like, can you do that? Like, it seems like pillows are porous enough. Well, you've got a child, right? I do. Yes. If you thought for a second that putting your child head on a pillow could somehow result in your child suffocating, mm-hmm. would you ever purchase a pillow? No. So there's no way that True. smothering well, somebody... Yeah, I'm not going to use my son as a science experiment. <laughs> All right, Teddy, put your head Let's here. Let's please don't. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, wouldn't that be everybody's, like... Yeah. If that was a fear that people had that was grounded in reality, don't you think Big Pillow would somehow design a pillow that Mr. Is, pillow himself. Mr. My Pillow. My Pillow, oh boy. That guy needs to <laughs> die. that guy. Um... Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. I think we've cracked it. I think pillows are safe. Pillows are safe for now. <laughs> Watch out. Um, an end cap to this episode. Yeah. I want to ask you a personal question. Oh. With this, with these two movies, they both posed the question, you can live here uh-huh. in this livid, lucid dream, Ooh. or you can be awakened 150 years later. Uh-huh. Which one would you choose? Um, I'm going to go with the dream. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be unfrozen caveman lawyer. <laughs> so you think people have evolved so much in 150 I, years? I think I don't want to be the dumbest person in that reality. But like you would be like Harold as like this like attraction. Like you'd get stuff for free. People would want to come talk to you. Yeah, but I also wouldn't know how to operate my eyeball phone. That's you get an assistant for that. No, and you'll learn eventually. No. I'm too dumb for that, Greg. You Could, can you can go to the future. I I would I would hesitate because like I would love to see what the future looks like. Yeah, like 150 years. Huh? Yeah, That's probably a PlayStation Six. <laughs> I could check out. Like who knows? Maybe they've remade Escape from New York already. Yeah, Escape into New York to New York. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if they could like alter the lucid dream, where like I could fly. Yeah. Or, like, talk to animals. Like, let's make it a little more... A little jazzy. Yeah, a little yeah. more fancy in here. Like, okay, I'm living a, a lucid dream, but it's very much rooted in reality. I'm just like, give me some X-Men powers or something. Like, yeah, let's make it fun. Now there's... That's interesting. And they kind of hinted that in both these movies. There's a scene where he makes the whole bar stop talking. 
So it's the capability Aha. exists. Yes, it does. It exists within him. You just have to know that you can do Ooh. it. So I guess the question is, in the dream, do you think that you would be smart enough to unlock those powers on your own? On my own? No. Yeah. If Same. I was, if I had lived this movie and I got to the clippy part where they're just like, here's oh, yeah. where you're at. Then I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. Right. It's on. And you, I would you'd wa- jump off the building and fly away. Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would want to stay in the dream. Right. Because everyone you know is dead. Correct. All your relatives are dead. You're probably like into third generation by then. Yeah. They don't want to fucking hang out with you. Right. You're like a pariah at that point. Like, ugh, crazy uncle, unfrozen. Oh, old Uncle Greg over there. Yeah. <laughs> he only had an iPhone 10. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah. I think I would stay at the dream yeah. as well. I think that's the right move. So... I think that's our episode. That's it. That was Open Your Eyes, 1997. Beautiful Spanish film compared to Vanilla Sky, the 2001 lackluster flat tire of a movie. (laughs) And this has been Remade in America. I'm Greg. That's Andy. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hanging out. We have social medias. Oh, yeah. Check them out. We're on Twitter, uh, Remade in America. We have uh, Gmail, Remade in America pod. Get at us if you want us to cover a movie that you love that's been remade from a foreign film we will be covering the departed the departed on our next episode so look out for that um and until then we'll work on our boston accents bye you donkey